Welcome to Flip the Switch on Life podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Marie. I'm an embodiment life coach here to help you live an empowered and soulful life. I guide women towards self-healing to take back their power so that they can start living life by their own rules and embrace their true authenticity. This podcast is your go-to where I will be giving you all the tools and resources to start the process of self-healing, doing the deep inner work, and developing your spiritual wellness. There is so much power in embodying your true self, but we often allow fear and comfortability control our lives, keep us playing small, and settling for less than we deserve. By learning to rewire your subconscious, you will discover your truest and your highest self. You will learn how to take back control and flip the switch on your life. So thank you so much for listening. Now let's get into the episode. Welcome back to another episode of Flip the Switch on Life. Woo! We have a powerful episode for you all around the taboo of money. Ah, I am so excited to chat about money with a good friend of mine, Peyton, who is a money mindset coach. Um, And we're just diving into all things money, investing in wealth building in manifestation of money and really the true hard truth of what it takes to actually build a healthy long-lasting good relationship with your money so you're gonna want to pause whatever you're doing or make sure you are able to multitask and dive into this episode with me So my special guest is Peyton, who is a mother of two. She's a money mindset coach and a podcaster, and she really focuses on helping women in business shift their relationship with money so that they can work less and earn more. So whether you are a business owner or you are trying to get promoted in your career or you're somebody who is just like, yo, I just want to have a better relationship with money. How do I do that? Uh, This episode is really hitting on all points and all points of life wherever you are. So let's dive right in. Hello, hello, Peyton. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm so excited to dive deeper into our conversations we have planned today all around money. So excited. Yes. Oh, the taboo topic of money. Yes, yes. And that's why I'm like so excited to bring it up today because it is such a taboo topic and people don't like to talk about it. People don't want to even look at their finances sometimes, but it's like you have to like face your fear in order to like move through it and have a healthy relationship with it. And I I know for sure for me last year was such a big money healing Mm -hmm. time in my life. So it's just, I think divine to bring this into the podcast. So I'm so excited. Um, but I want to start with just like, could you tell us a little bit more about like how you became a money coach? Like what's your philosophy around money? Yes. So I actually, for a while, I was working in financial services. So that's kind of what like sparked the whole conversation about money for me, um, because I was, I was definitely one of those people who was practicing like hardcore avoidance. Mm. Um, It was just like, I spent it on what I wanted and then otherwise ignored it. And so when I started 
transitioning into this world of like trying to become an entrepreneur, one of the things that I did was get some financial licenses and work in the financial services industry for a while. And that was interesting (laughs) to say the least, because it also taught me a lot about myself and a lot about other women and their relationship with money, because at the end of the day, like it's 2023, right? So we have so many tools at our disposal. We have people online, we have books, we have so many things to educate us about money. And I felt like I was one of those people in the trenches, you know, like trying to educate people about money and they were so, so resistant. And it was like, you literally have someone right here that will hold your hand and you're still not willing to take action. So once I started diving into that and why that was happening, I realized a lot about myself and a lot about, you know, that I was essentially doing the same thing. You know, I was ignoring my finances. I was taking all the practical steps, but even taking the practical steps, you cannot build wealth if you don't shift your mindset. Yeah. And I want to, I want to pause you there really, or interject really Mm -hmm. quick, because I think that's like something what you're hitting is like trying to, you know, do something without having walked it yourself. It's kind Mm -hmm. of like that reflection. So for a lot of, you know, coaches or entrepreneurs, or really, I guess anybody in any type of position, maybe manager position, but anyone who's trying to lead from a place I never really led themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just wanted to like, like emphasize yeah. that too. It's like what you're, what you're getting into, which it sounds like is, you know, you didn't necessarily, you're like, why is there a disconnection? And that's something that's like, really, I think to really look at for anybody of like reflection of like, if you're craving something from somebody else or a specific outcome, but you're not really seeing mm-hmm. that, reciprocated, there must be a disconnect within your own self. So I just wanted to like, really just touch on that point as you keep going deeper of like, okay, so we're at the place where you're trying to work specifically, it sounds like with women on their financial health, but people were giving you pushback or resistance. And then you found yourself actually resisting your own finance. So, okay. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I was definitely very resistant to it. So once I started digging into that, I really, all I had to do to understand, you know, why it was so hard for other people to take action is start reflecting on my own personal journey. You know, even though I didn't grow up in like extreme poverty or a third world country or anything like that, it still, my life still created a mindset of scarcity and Mm. still created, you know, experiences still gave me financial trauma, still gave me these false beliefs about money. So it's really like, it's such a case by case situation because we can all have different pasts and still manifest the same financial reality, you know, specifically Mm. based off of the money blocks that have come up in us. Yeah. And it's like, we can even talk about like generational Mm -hmm. blocks with money. And it's like, you know, we've all come from a generation um, or generational uh, patterns, I should say, where money was very, very scarce. And it was like a bartering system. And then like, you know, the whole like slavery and and all these different things that people did for money. And, And also, I mean, let's talk about the topic of like power, right? Money equals power. Yeah. Um, so it is, it's, it's really like taking a deeper look mm-hmm. at your, 
not only like what your financial health is like by looking at numbers, but really ultimately looking at the mindset you have with money. So, um, so if, would you be open to sharing like maybe one of your like money wound or like something that was like a big pattern of you that was holding you back from, you know, having this abundant state of mind when it comes to money? Yeah, definitely. And I think this is something that this is probably the most common thing I see. Um, but I grew up in a pretty like normal, average, middle-class American family, right? My mom is a teacher. She has been for almost 30 years. My dad has been in like a corporate sales position for like upwards of 30 years too. So it was very like, get the good job, get your 401k, Mm -hmm. work till the end of your life, you know, and then you might have enough money to (laughs) retire or you might have enough money to live differently and enjoy your retirement. Well, and it's like, um, I keep interjecting, but like, just, no, you're fine. You know, I want to, I want to piggyback off that. Like my mom was such a hard worker. Like she was basically raising me, uh, by herself and, you know, she was like working a lot and she taught me really big, like independence, but at the same time, it was like, you know, she's retired right now, but like, I mean, our generation isn't going to be able to retire like on a social security at all because of the amount of debt and like other taxes and things like that too. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just really interesting now. It's like, we really, we actually have to start getting creative about our retirement and all of that because we won't have any, like, uh, I think that's why you honestly see so many people who are like young women, who are starting this like different life, you know, like they're starting this different career path. They're starting entrepreneurship. They're like making money off of Instagram and as content creators, because like, that's what we're doing. You know, like our generation is getting creative because we want to see past that few golden years of retirement or like maybe having enough money to get to the end. Like we don't want to wait our entire lives to live differently. Yeah. But I think what growing up like that really did was created this paradigm of like, you have to work really, really hard to just get by. Yep. So it created this whole pattern of like burnout through my entire life. You know, even when I was working as an employee, you know, I was paycheck to paycheck. And every time I got my paycheck, I still showed up and worked even harder. You yeah. know, and it never increased like that. No, because you're on a freaking exactly. salary. Yeah, exactly. Except, but yeah. it just like evolved into this thing when I became a business owner that I was like constantly looking for this like high of productivity, like this, where can I, you know, get things done? When can I just like keep going and going and going? And it essentially like recreated my nine to five in my business because I had this deep belief in this paradigm of the fact that money is hard and mm. it's hard to make money. And if I want to make it and make enough of it and keep it up and, and keep my money that I'm going to have to just continue to work really, really, really hard. So that's honestly one of the most common money blocks that I see. Um, and that's something that has taken a lot of work and a lot of healing around for sure. Mm, I really resonate with that too. Um, you know, for example, like my mom, like she wasn't, she was on salary, but she also got overtime. So she was 
constantly taking overtime if she needed to. And, you know, I think in our circumstance, you know, she had a mortgage and she just had me and, you know, she, my dad wasn't really in the photo. So it was like just us trying to, um, you know, get by, but, you know, I, I do have to say like, we were, we were financially set, but my mom worked for that. Right. So it's like, I remember my first job at like 16 and I was so proud of like working and earning something on my own. And, um, and it was, it was something where, you know, it's, you know, it's kind of funny because it's like, for me, I feel like one of my big core money wounds was actually like, you know, I felt so resistant to working really hard for money. Cause I'm like, mm-hmm. I want to work less and make more. And I was trying to like, like once I graduated college and stuff and like got my first big girl job in, in Los Angeles, working for an activewear company, um, I like was already like setting like, okay, I'm demanding like this amount of money. And, yeah. and then I would just find myself, I think that's like where my entrepreneurial spirit kicked in that I didn't know yet because I was so resistant to like overworking. And, you know, obviously like when you're at like a fixed salary, like you have to, you know, you have to overwork. And there were definitely times I did, but I always found a way where I'm like, this doesn't feel right. Like, why am I like getting paid this much and not necessarily um, From the time that I'm putting in? Yeah. 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 So that really kind of kickstarted my, my entrepreneur journey, but like my wounding that I recognized was like this place of like, I was, how do I explain this? There's multiple, multiple core ones that I went through this year, but I think my biggest, my, I think my biggest epiphany one was like, I'm always going to be taken care of by my mom. And that I think halted me from putting all the responsibility on myself. And yeah. And I think that's like, that was something where I just started recognizing like, oh my gosh, like, I feel like I, I was like going on these, like, like, um, like I wouldn't say like spending sprees, but I was really open to, to spending whatever I wanted. Cause I was like, well, no matter what, like I'll be taken care of. And then I was like, well, wait a minute. Like, that's not really how <laughs> it should work. Self-sabotage. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then it was like another one that I recognized was, um, like it's, it's okay to have debt. And I, to me personally, like, I think it's okay to have a little bit of debt. I, mm-hmm. I personally do. Cause sometimes you need to get into debt to get yourself out of debt, especially when you yeah. talk about investing, but it was more so to the place where I was like, Oh, money just comes and flows. And I was just so in my feminine with money where it was like, honey, it ain't flowing. And we right. need to like really <laughs> take a pause on like what we are buying, like this impulsive impulsiveness of like instant gratification. Yes. Um, and that's where I was like, okay, I need to mend and my money so that I can really work with it, you know? So it's just, it's so fascinating when you start recognizing your patterns where you get to, uh, with your money. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely is interesting. And that's what it's all about. Honestly, is self-reflection. Like there's nothing quite like that moment where you've been functioning in this pattern repeatedly over and over again. And all of a sudden you have this aha where you're like, oh my God, that one time when I was 12 years old, this <laughs> yeah. is what someone told me. And that is what I just took as fact and ran with it for the rest of my life. And when you have that aha, it's like so much energy shifts in those moments where you find those ahas because you can try, you know, with brute force 
to change your patterns all day long. It's just like anything else. It's like eating better or working out. Like you can try to do the right thing because someone told you it's the right thing. But if you don't really connect back to why you want that thing so badly and what belief that you have is standing in your way, then it's just a cycle. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you have to, you know, understand that deeper root of why you're Mm -hmm. repeating this pattern over and over and over again. And I feel like, like money, money issues and money relationships are so deeply ingrained, like so deeply Mm -hmm. ingrained that it is, I think an extra layer of, of obstacle to like move through them. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, kind of coming back to what you were mentioning about, like you were having this recognition of your pattern. So what, what shifted for you in order to like heal that relationship and then propel you into now, um, running your own business to, you know, help other women specifically with their, their money problems. So honestly, I just realized like the huge connection between how I was feeling about money and what I was doing with money. Because, you know, as, as entrepreneurs, like I'm sure we all, anytime we open a business, like it's, it's almost like a rite of passage. You have to get into self-development. You have to get into that world a little bit. And so I, I heard all the time, you know, your thoughts become things, you know, everything that you're thinking is driving your action, which is driving your results. So it eventually just clicked for me where I was like, oh my God, that is with money too. Because so many times we talk about shifting our energy or breaking patterns or healing, you know, all of these things that are going to move us forward. We think about it in terms of visibility or getting online or having a healthier relationship or making more money, but we never really think about how we already, what we already feel inside is driving everything that we do with money. You know, and you just make different decisions when you feel scarcity or when you feel guilt around money or when you feel shame for having more money or, you know, any of the things that come up, it completely drives everything that you do. And that, you know, happens to whether you invest in your business, whether you stick to your budget, whether, you know, anything that you can do with money, like you said, spending sprees, like it can drive so many things. So I started just really reflecting on my past and like connecting the dots as much as I could. And that's when I started to really shift in my business. Like that's when everything else opened up for me. It was not just directly to do with money. It was when I started kicking the procrastination and the self-sabotage and the visibility because all this work that I did with money, it was almost like a gateway to doing all of this other work. You know, like it's really hard to dive into healing because you feel like something's wrong with you. You know, it's really a hard thing to say, I'm going to sit down and take a hard look at my past and, and see how that's manifesting in my present. But doing it with money first, it was almost like I was able to disassociate and say, like, these are the beliefs that have been imprinted upon me about money. And if you can shift those, then you start to realize everything else is just a belief that's been imprinted on you too. Mm. You know, so it really yeah, like opened the door. are not ours. Exactly. Like, really not. It's like, it actually takes discernment to acknowledge mm-hmm. like what you want to believe in versus what you've been taught. Yeah. Everything just feels like truth. Mm. You know, it just feels like truth to you. And once you start to really examine it, that's when you start 
to say, okay, maybe that's not really the way things have to be. Yeah. Yeah. That's so powerful. And I think just like going, you know, talking about anything here, you know, it's like always like questioning your beliefs. If someone, if something doesn't sit right with you, it's like, can you examine that? I always tell my clients, I'm always like, can you get curious about what you're feeling, what you're thinking and, and question it and really get to the truth of it? Because 99% of the time, like that belief was implanted or, or it was, you know, imposed on you when you were younger, when you had no, you know, conscious awareness to like speak for yourself when, you know, when we're really between that age Absolutely. of like two and six mm-hmm. and at like what we start to see, cause we can't verbalize, like we're not verbal processors yet. Right. Exactly. So everything just gets downloaded into our subconscious and money is just the same way. Like if not mm-hmm. like the epitome of that definition of like subconscious programming. Exactly. And the fact that it's the fact that it's numbers, I think has a lot to do with it because when people think about money, they think in terms of dollars or amounts or numbers, you know, they don't think in terms of energy and feelings and beliefs. So I think there's a lot of stigma around what you hear about money is true. And if your whole life, you've had someone telling you that People who are rich just, you know, grew up that way or they were just given their money or they did it unethically. You're really shitty people if you have money. That's a a belief too, is like Mm. like making money is bad or like if you make more than this amount, like you're looked, you you should feel shitty. Yeah, Yeah. exactly, exactly. And I think that's, I think that's important to note that like all of those things are not true just because they're about money and not about yourself. You know, that doesn't mean they're true. Yeah. And like this one, I I'm curious, have you read, um, you're a badass at making money? Yes. Yeah. Literally. That was Love like, that yeah, it was so good. I read that last year for anybody listening. Um, that book is freaking amazing. If you're trying to shift yep. your money patterns, um, in, uh, it was really powerful because, you know, she does say something of like every, every chapter will give you an, a, a journaling exercise. Um, but really what like kind of speaking on this part of like, you know, thinking about making X amount of money a month or a year, whether you are a entrepreneur or not, um, like even asking for a raise sometimes can feel icky. And yeah. it's like really asking yourself, like if you're associating yourself with, like a, a, a like yucky person and mm-hmm. greedy and all these different things. Like, again, asking yourself, do I have the qualities of a greedy person? Do I have the qualities of someone who's going to like, you know, be crappy with their money? And maybe it's just like, you have a fear that you're not going to like be responsible with it or whatnot, but like really understanding, like when we actually have more disposable income, more money to to have, like, and I'm sure everybody listening is a pretty amazing person. You're going to do more good with your money. You're going to do more good right. as a human, you know, it and you also might be, who you are, doesn't yeah. change who you are. Exactly. Exactly. So I just wanted to like drive that home for anybody listening of like, oof, yeah. Like I have a really big, you know, core wound with like how much money I get to make or all the, like, if I feel worthy of it, right. It, it's, Money is just a reflection of what you're feeling within yourself and is an opportunity to allow yourself to, you know, dive deeper into those parts of yourself that money is just reflecting within you. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with money. Um, and, And something I wanted to also ask you too is like, you know, so building our relationship with money 
is really starting with the belief systems, right? And the mindset. So it's like, could you give us like a high level, like process or like a step, couple steps that someone can take to like start maybe discerning um, a pattern with money and then maybe how to shift that a little bit? Absolutely. So the first thing that I always work through with anyone um, is just examining their language Mm. about money, because even sometimes when you think that, you know, even sometimes people who are practicing like affirmations or mantras, that really doesn't do any good. They don't feel true if you don't feel exactly, (laughs) exactly. If they don't feel true. And then after you say your affirmations, you go down the street to the store and say, oh, I can't afford that then you're kind of like undoing all of that work. So the first thing that I always tell anybody is to start examining your language, just about anything, whether it's making an investment in your business, whether it's hiring someone in your business, whether it's going to the grocery store, what are you verbalizing about money out loud? Because usually that is, you know, a surefire way to recognize the things that you're feeling and thinking about money. Um, I hear a lot of like, I can't afford that or um, all kind of negative things about money. Or, you know, maybe someone drives across the street in like a really snazzy car and you look inside and you say, of course, you know, of course they're driving that car. You know, just anything that you verbalize about money is important to take note of. Yeah. 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 So I always say, first and foremost, examine your language and then try to shift your language. And I mentioned affirmations, but I don't normally recommend affirmations because if you are healing a really negative relationship with money, you know, saying affirmations is kind of like slapping a bandaid on like a gunshot wound. It's not really helping you at all. So the first thing you have to do is start to realize and recognize how do you feel? How do you actually feel? Because the more that you try to just sugarcoat it or like toxic positivity, your way to feeling better, the longer it's going to take you because, you know, it has to get worse before it gets better. So you have to dive into how you're really feeling. Um, And then another thing that I always recommend is to write a letter to money. So once you've started really like opening the door to allowing yourself to feel how you feel about money, sit down, write a letter to money, like she's a person. And just how do you feel? How do you feel when she comes? How do you feel when money leaves you? How do you feel about making money? How do you feel about having lots of money? Because when you start to open up about your true desires, so many things are going to bubble up. When you start to say, this is what I really want. Then the resistance feel. Exactly. It's going to start bubbling up left and right. And then that's what you can work with is those Mm -hmm. those resistances and fears that come up when you're saying what you want. Absolutely. And I honestly, like I wrote a letter to money a couple of years ago and it's not very long, but even sometimes when I go back and read it, like if I give someone an example, a client or something like that, I'll go back and notice new things. Like, you know, I'll go back and digest it and just say, or dissect it, I mean, and just say, what did this mean? Like when I said this, what did I really mean? And it's so interesting how it just comes up, (laughs) you know, like once you, once you move through one thing, you can go back and look at it and, and start to dissect it and say, okay, this needs some looking at now. Mm, Okay. So we're kind of really diving into the belief system and the mindset of like creating the recognition and the awareness Mm -hmm. and 
also acknowledging like our desires. Okay. What is like a tangible action step that we can start taking then uh, once we have an awareness of some type of pattern we don't want to have anymore? So I think there's quite a few different things that people recommend. Like I know, like my husband, he uses like the rubber band trick. Like when you, think, when you think something or like when you recognize, when you start to bring awareness to your patterns and you start to recognize your language around certain limiting beliefs, then every time that you think that thought, you can just, you know, do something like tangible, like, um, what's it called? Like flick the bracelet or like, you know, uh, oh, the rubber wow. band, like flick the rubber band and not necessarily as like a form of punishment, but just like something to get you out of your head and into the real world so that you can say, wow, I'm thinking this again. Mm. Wow. This is the fourth time I've thought about this today because honestly, I'm just like a big, my big, big focus is awareness, you know, so much shifts. It's kind of like, you know, when you see something hanging on a coat rack in a dark room and it looks like a monster and then you shine the light on it and you realize it's just a jacket, you know, when you start to shine the light on things, it makes so much sense. And then you can start to create from there and you can put practices in place. Like myself, I know that one of my money blocks really caused procrastination because like I said, I felt like my worth was tied to my productivity. You know, if I wasn't doing something in my business, I didn't deserve to be paid if I wasn't working really, really hard. So something for me is to put things in place like on my calendar or in my schedule so that I'm not procrastinating. Or taking Instagram and Facebook off of my homepage of my phone, because I know that that is my tendency. Like when I start to feel that anxiety and that scarcity, I start to create work for myself or I start to procrastinate and look at social media. So just taking those things away from yourself that, you know, are crutches. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, do you have, and I also want to ask this too, since you're the money expert, you know, what would be one tip for someone to take here, like to help them budget better? Cause I think like, I mean, I know for me, like I did not know how to budget and mm-hmm. I was working on my money relationship and all of those things, but is there any like tip that you have for like someone learning how to like budget better or, um, be able to, yeah, let's, let's stock with sick, sick with that. Like something that someone could start doing to budget themselves a little bit better to even acknowledge maybe like where so, they're spending and things like that. Right. So there's a lot of, a lot of physical aspects, of course, to budgeting, but the first step that I always tell anyone that wants to acknowledge their money, manage their money better is to forgive yourself. Mm-hmm. And I know that's like not very tangible at all. Like that's <laughs> another one of those things where I'm like, oh, it's in your mindset, but yeah. I think guilt and shame about what we've done with our money before or how we have not paid attention to our money, all it does is drive us to just paralysis, you know, to where we just don't want to do any scarcity. Like I'm afraid I have to hold on to this money, even though I know I want to give it away. And I know that this is a right investment for me. And a lot of people have the thought that, you know, I'm, I'm overdrawn anyway. I don't make enough money anyway, so I can't start my budget. There's no point in having a budget. And 
the complete opposite is true because if you're trying to manifest more or if you're trying to heal your relationship and make more money and keep more money, you have to acknowledge your money. You know, like you are not going to be provided on an energetic level. You're not going to be provided with more money if you don't take care of what you already have. You have to exercise that control and management over your money to kind of like declare, hey, I'm ready for this. This is what I want. So I always tell anyone first, forgive yourself. And second, just let everything else, let all the rules go out the door. You know, you don't have to do it in a binder. You don't have to do it in Excel. You don't have to budget down to zero. You don't have to use buckets. Like there's so many different things when we're talking about budgeting and everyone says, you know, this is the right way. This is what you should be doing. So I just say, throw all that out, you know, and do what works for you. Because if you feel that avoidance really, really strongly, then learning more is not going to do you any good. You know, learning more about budgeting, learning more about different techniques is not going to do you any good. If you feel so bad that you are just avoiding it, then you can't confront it. Then it's kind of like pointless. (laughs) That makes so much sense. Wow. Yeah. Like a lot, a lot there. And, you know, I think that that goes with like having that like intention with, with your money and looking at like what you're trying to create. And, um, there was something else that I was gonna, gonna say around, like you were talking, I want to like lightly touch on this part of like the energetics of money and the manifestation Mm -hmm. of money. Could you go into a little bit more of like, if someone is trying to manifest more money and like what it actually means, like when we look at money as energy, energy. Yeah, definitely. So first, let me just throw out there (laughs) that I'm not for like this mainstream manifestation that's going around because I feel like manifestation has become really mainstream, really viral on social media. And all everyone's talking about is, you know, you manifest, you say your mantras, you get your energy, right. You like, like, (laughs) you visualize, you do scripting. And it's like, all of that stuff is great, but all those things are, are tools. Right. And unless you actually address your financial trauma and your deep beliefs about it, then all of those tools are literally going to be a waste of your time. Yes. Like, Clearing so inspired up your action with your yes. a lot like paired intention will create a manifestation. Yes. So yes. We are diving into the embodiment, the action Absolutely. Part of manifestation that a lot of the yes. mainstream does not really talk about at all. Well, like we associate manifestation with this like woo-woo kind of thing. And it's not like all manifesting means as the word is to make true, like to bring your dreams into fruition. And there is no bringing your dreams into reality without working for it to some extent. You know, you're going to have to put in some action. It's not going to just like fall in your lap. And I think that's what a lot of people expect from manifestation. You know, they're like, well, I haven't had any luck with money before. So I'm going to try just manifesting it. And it's like, okay, you haven't tried any, haven't had any luck with money before because you talk like crap about money. (laughs) You are not appreciative of money. You're not grateful of money. You don't recognize the things it could do for you. And I think that's the key to manifesting is clearing all these things. Because just like you said, so many people have this stigma around 
when you're rich, you're bad or you're unethical or you're this bitchy person. And so subconsciously, if you feel that way, you're never going to allow yourself to be rich. You could win the lottery. You could win a hundred million dollars tomorrow and you'll probably spend it all and never make more because you're never attracted because you're literally telling the like, and this is where energetics come into play. You guys are like the law of attraction Mm -hmm. and when we talk about quantum physics, which we're not going to get depth deeply into, but <laughs> like really, other episode. yeah, really what, what we're driving home is like the essence of the manifestation. So when you are sitting here and thinking about consciously, I want to make a hundred thousand dollars this month, right. For example, or I really want to get promoted to 20% of a raise by, you know, the next six months. And you could say that, but if you feel deep in your heart, that there is some sort of resistance or mm-hmm. avoidance of like, oh yeah, I don't like fully feel that. Yeah. Even if you're acknowledging it or not, like that's what you're actually communicating with the universe. Exactly. And that's where like attracts like. So that's where manifestation comes in because we don't manifest consciously. We manifest in our subconscious. So exactly what Peyton is saying is when you are working on your healing your money wounds and you want to do manifestation around money, there's nothing wrong with that, but acknowledge the truth and the reality of what you actually feel Mm -hmm. for what you're trying to attract. So if you don't feel worthy of a hundred thousand dollars by the end of this year, you're more likely than not, you're not going to manifest that or same thing with a raise. So it's really actually imperative that you do the inner work, the belief work first so that you can start calling it in. And something that I'll lastly say here is if someone's like, okay, but like, I want to start having a healthy relationship, you know, I, I don't know if there's like a specific term for it or a name for it, but like mantras that are affirmations, I'm sorry, but like working towards, like I am working towards having a healthy relationship with my, with my money specifically, blah, blah, blah. And whatever feels like really true for you, you can start using that, but you have to work on that belief before you can start like actually manifesting the energy of money. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's interesting that you brought that up. It's really interesting that you said, you know, this is what I'm trying to be. This is what I'm trying to become because I'm actually working on a guided journal um, that is centered around that whole idea. It's like centered around the whole idea of creating your identity. You know, how does, how does my higher self, how does the person who has everything that I want, all the success, all the money, all the happiness, what does she do with her money? How does she feel about money? What yes. kind of gratitude does she practice? Write these down money? people if you are yes. available. For <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> or pause. <laughs> so I think when you start to create this positive identity around who you want to be, it does something like it, it really makes things click. You start realizing how you're not doing that. You know, like I say, how does the person that has everything that she wants feel about money? You probably think they feel pretty good, you know, and you can then understand, well, that's not me. You kind of create this separation between that's not how I'm being right now, but I think this is how I'll have to be in order to have success. Yeah. And it really allows you to like take things to a deeper level and open up all of the things that you've been avoiding. Because as much as we say we want to bring awareness, like sometimes without someone guiding you or some kind of outside perspective, your subconscious is so strong that it's really hard. It's hard to say, 
I haven't been the person that I've wanted to be. I have these negative beliefs. I am functioning in these patterns and habits. It's really hard to like take a hard look at yourself and say, or feel like I'm doing something wrong. Yeah. And I think that's where coaching and accountability comes in. You know, it's like, you might know this stuff, but having somebody to hold that accountable for you and yeah, our subconscious is so strong. I mean, we're, we're constantly living in survival mode majority of our time, unless if, you know, you're working on, you know, regulating your nervous system, but, and all those other things that come with, with, um, survival mode, but you know, our subconscious is here to protect us. So as much as you think, okay, well, I want to have a healthy relationship with money, but what the heck, why can't I? It's just because it's so deeply embedded and ingrained. And it's like working with a coach or having resources that can help actually make those changes and and actionable steps for you. It can be really challenging to, um, to do it on your own. So, I mean, I think that's a lot of the reason why we became coaches too, because we enjoyed being coaches or being coached, I should say. Um, and Something else that I wanted to tap into is like, you know, I think a lot of people too sometimes get into that scarcity of money and, you know, investing or like letting it go for something that they're really like looking to, um, looking to invest in or, or purchase. And it's like, with somebody who has like a scarcity level mindset with money, what are like, what's a tip that we can use to kind of get ourselves out of scarcity? Cause I I really want to like drive home, like this essence of like, you know, when you're talking about your higher self and we're talking about like how we want to, um, what would our higher self do if like we had all the money and all the things that we wanted in this abundant state of being, And, but yet we actually look at concrete, you know, our bank account, for example, and we're like, okay, it's like showing this amount. Like, how can I, how can I be abundant knowing like, that's what I should be doing? Like, how do we shift ourselves out of that and and like, um, allow ourselves to kind of be abundant without having physical evidence of it? Right. Yeah. That is hard. That is, I'm not going (laughs) to lie. Not going to lie. That is hard. And that is something that along my journey with money has been the biggest struggle to me because I am very practical. I'm very logical. Like I'm a Libra. I see both sides of everything. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah, it's just, it's hard. So I think the first thing to do is to start acknowledging that gratitude and abundance that you have in every other area of your life. You know, even though it's not in your bank account right now, acknowledging that things can happen in an instant, you know, when you clear things and when you remove these limiting beliefs and start to take this action forward, things can change really, really quickly. So if you're letting the way that things look in front of you right now, you know, determine what you think your future is going to look like, then subconsciously, you're not going to try very hard. Yeah. So I think that feeling abundant, first of all, you need to feel good about yourself. I think bringing in a level of confidence that, that you are going to do everything that it takes to reach your dreams or whatever you're trying to manifest, acknowledging that you're going to do that and that you're going to keep promises to yourself. Because I think when it's really, really hard for people to feel abundant, it's because they're doing that thing where out loud they're saying, yeah, I'm working towards this or yeah, I want to do this. But in the inside, they're like, I don't really believe I can do that. Yeah. You know? And if you don't really believe that you can do that, then 
the abundance is never going to be there. Yeah. Right. It's never, it's never going to flow because you have to, you have to acknowledge that you're making a decision to do everything that you can to build abundance. And if you don't feel good about yourself, then you know, you're going to break that promise to yourself. Yeah. That's, that's so powerful too. And something that was told to me is like, we're actually in abundance all the time. And some like gratitude is really important here too, because I mean, you might not be making the amount of money you want to make right now or whatever that is around finances, but it's like, look at what you have right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have a roof over your head. You can put food on your table. You can pay your bills. Like, yeah. you know, and I think sometimes we take that for being it. abundant is being resourceful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you've been resourceful this entire time. So here's your physical evidence of that. And I think it's like shifting our perspective of like what physical evidence looks like, like, yeah, like physical evidence could be signing another client, but also when you don't have that client signed yet, and they, they're maybe not available right now, can you look at what else you've been available to that has happened? You've been mm-hmm. able to pay your rent. You've been able to put money on your table. You've been able to pay off maybe a car loan or whatever that is, right? You have to like Absolutely. shift yourself. And something that someone told me too, that was like abundance is everywhere. Like look at like right now I'm looking out my window and the grass looks shitty, but there's an abundance <laughs> of blades of grass all yeah. around me. And that is abundance. And then I say, okay, well, if that is in front of me, that's in my physical reality. I'm also a part of abundance. Yeah, absolutely. So really it's- allowing yourself to see the fact that like, you're literally in abundance as we speak. Yeah, definitely. Abundance is the natural state of being for the earth. I might get a little spiritual here. <laughs> Maybe a little that is so welcomed. <laughs> but I personally believe that we're made in the image of God. Yeah. And so it's the earth and the world and the people. And so if the natural state of being for the earth is abundance, then, you know, why would you be any different? Yes. You just need to be, you, know, you just need to be reminded back to absolutely your state of abundance being. Yes. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Yeah. The what way of scarcity is not, you know, is not the truth. It's not the way of the world. It's, it's this programming that we've been taught. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Definitely. Oh my gosh. What a beautiful way to wrap up this episode. I think we could talk a whole other episode about like the energetics and the (laughs) abundance of money. Um, But Peyton, it's been such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Like, um, and my last burning question for you is um, where can we connect with you? And is there anything that you're working on that we can get involved with? Yeah, definitely. So I am primarily on Instagram these days. I don't know why I just like felt that's where I just felt like I need to reside this year. So like, that's where I'm at all the time is on Instagram. Um, I'm working on actually developing a mastermind specifically Mm -hmm. like centered around the block that I very first described to you, like being, you know, having to be the CEO that you don't really feel like that's you and you're tying everything to your productivity and your beliefs about money are just driving everything that you're not doing in your business, you're not taking those next steps, even though, you know, you could be playing bigger. So I'm developing that. I'm really excited about it along with my guided journal. Um, and of course that's all over my Instagram. So, <laughs> and I have some freebies on there too. So you can go to my website, PeytonMoran.com or on my Instagram highlights. There's some freebies there too. 
Awesome. Oof. Well, thank you. Everyone go connect with Peyton. And uh, oof, what thank a power. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you for being here. Thanks for listening to this episode of Flip the Switch on Life. Please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you appreciate the show, please jump over to iTunes, give us some stars. If you're feeling for it, write a review. And if you want to learn more about these topics that we discussed today, check out the show notes for more information, or you can also come hang out, shoot me a DM on Instagram. Instagram is Jessica Marie Step, and I will see you guys next week.